Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hi everybody, welcome to the Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to talk about Stunt Car Racer. Oh yeah. Uh, but before we do, uh, we've got some feedback. So do you remember our hardware section last week? On the Amiga 3000, yes That's I do. That's right. Uh, we had uh, a uh, listener write in to the blog uh, that uh, we talked about how rare and obscure the 3000 UX the must Unix be. The Unix version, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, it turns out he has a 3000 UX. Oh, really? Yeah, this is uh, Guru Anthony. All right, he must and, be a guru if he's got what it is. Yeah, and um, he uh, he said that you know he, he got it just to get a 3000. Um, I guess that was the one that was available to mm -hmm. him. And um, and he really bought it because it has that scan doubler, so you can hook up a VGA monitor oh, to it. Oh, yeah. I don't blame him on that. But he wrote, um, you know, a very long and informative post about the 3000, and uh, it's uh, it's really good. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but uh, check out the blog. Look at the comments from our last episode to find out all about the 3000. Uh, he basically just said, though, that uh, the 3000 didn't sell very well. Uh, because you know everybody still really wanted the 2000 because I guess it was cheaper and it really was the same sort of deal. Yeah, you know? yeah, it was a lot cheaper too. Um, so thank you, uh, Guru Anthony. He's from the, uh, the Guru Meditation. I think that's the name of his site. Oh yeah, um, yeah, I've heard. Yeah, and uh, and so uh, we thank him for writing in. Uh, the next news is a little bit of Amiga documentary news. Uh, Aaron, you want to take this one? Sure. Uh, I was nosing around this week, and sure enough, uh, I came across this. <clears throat> a documentary called Viva Amiga, The Story of a Beautiful Machine, <laughs> which the name itself is great. Yeah. Um, uh, a gentleman named Zach Weddington has finished this Amiga documentary. Uh, he's been working on it uh, for the last four years, uh, and apparently it was financed with crowdfunding uh, at a Kickstarter uh, the the film is 100% complete, and the distribution plan is solid and all set up, according to Mr. Weddington. Uh, the film will be officially introduced at the South by Southwest Film Festival, very prestigious, uh, in mid-March of this year. And uh, all the supporters of the Kickstarter project will get their copy of the film before it debuts, which is good for them. I had a chance to uh, watch the trailer, or the uh, uh, the glossy tidbits that they, that they put out, and it, it was... Uh, it was great. I really enjoyed it. Now, uh, you know, I'm a sucker for uh, uh, just a. It was, this was just cheerleading, effectively. It was like the Amiga was great. It was ahead of everyone else. It wasn't a clone. Uh, it, it predated Windows. You know, it was. It was, and that's the stuff I love. And it makes me want to uh, jump in a time machine with a steel chair in my hands, beam into an old Commodore executive board meeting, and just start waffling people with that <laughs> sucker. Because every time I see stuff like this, it makes me. It makes me happy, then it makes me sad, and then it makes me angry because because they had the they had the goose that laid the golden egg, and they cooked the goose, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But the documentary looks very interesting. Uh, it has sort of a uh, 
uh, a modern slash 80s uh, feel to it. It's hard to explain the graphics and stuff, the, the way they did it. Was, it, it looks good. Uh, so that'll be something to look forward to. I don't know when that'll get released to the general public, yeah, aside I knew, from the Kickstarter. I know that uh, some of the backers were irate. I know it's hard <laughs> to believe that Kickstarter backers might be irate about what, what, something. What was the problem this um, time? But uh, they were mad that the, the film was going to be screened at South by Southwest before it was shown to them. Oh, I see. Well, I can understand that. That much said... Uh, and I don't know how well this goes on other countries, but South by Southwest is a pretty big deal uh, in terms of like uh, independent documentary film festivals, among other things. Uh, so I mean, it's not like they're playing this down at the Y. I mean, that, that's a pretty prestigious thing. Plus, when you're working on getting dis- distribution and whatnot, that plays very well when you exactly. screen your film. If there. you're trying to get the widest audience possible, you know, uh, then there's a lot of connected people down at South by Southwest. Yeah, and and uh, having. Having seen the clip that they released, uh, I mean, it looks good, don't get me wrong, but it, it's not the kind of film that I would normally think you would see it at South by South. So, hey, kudos to them, and hopefully uh, the supporters, since they're getting their film before it's shown, will be happy and content and will just enjoy the film and, and, and judge it based on the merits of whether it was any good or not. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it, though. I really am. Um, there is a new podcast in town. Uh, there is a, uh, it's called New Retro Podcast. So right. it's right to the point. Wacky. Uh, this is a, uh, they, they are a podcast about retro gaming from a European perspective. Uh, it's two British guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listened to their first episode. I liked it a lot. Uh, they put a big link to our podcast on their sidebar. So yeah, we you. appreciate that. Thank you very much. What, what do they do over there? Um, they, they talk a little bit about everything, but they did have a pretty big segment uh, in their podcast on Amiga. Um, Beautiful, and, and so they they talked about WHD load being free and stuff like that, which we we can't stress enough how awesome that is. Thank you over there. Yeah, and so we just wanted to give uh, a shout out and a good luck to the new retro podcast guys. Uh, maybe one day we'll be able to do a uh, you know they'll be able to come over and host guest host on ours, or we can come over and guest host on yours, and uh, you know talk Amiga, or we could just have them over here, lure them down in the basement, and beat them down. Yeah, take over their podcast. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, so. Uh, there's also a new Amiga game blog. Aaron, why don't you talk about that? Well, I, the game blog is where I got the news. Uh, we'll link it up. It's not really new. It's uh, it's new to me. Uh, but I looked it over, and, you know, something that came to my mind. I guess I'm dense or too old school. People, guess what? They're still making Amiga games, and they're uh, uh, porting stuff to the Amiga. Uh, and... Uh, there's a there's a blog, a gentleman's blog. We'll put a uh, link in the show notes, uh, and he's got some good information on stuff that has been done recently. And one of the things I saw on there that's being released commercially is a game. I think it's Polish. I think it's Polish people that are putting it out. It's called Tanks Fury. Um, <laughs> I uh, uh, I thought it was Tanks Fury, but no, it's Tanks Furry. I can't explain that. <laughs> is that with two R's? That's right. Okay. That's right. Um, it's a new, a new pro, a new product of a, an outfit called Project R3D. Again, this is all new to me. Maybe you guys are in the loop. Uh, I've never heard of these guys. Uh, the game uh, was awarded second place at the Retro Comp 2015 Game Competition, which I'm going to look into that as well because I'm not familiar with that. Uh, maybe German. It's Retro Comp with a K. So yeah, I, maybe. Maybe you know. Um, the features of, the new, of this tank's fury, or excuse me, furry. 
uh, handmade old school pixel graphics, dedicated chiptune soundtrack and special effects, uh, 40 missions to play alone or cooperative. Hey, cooperative is always good. Uh, there are multiple themes, desert, wood, and jungle, and city. <laughs> that's the way they've got it written, mm-hmm. wood. So I'm guessing yeah, that's... Yeah, it's definitely European. Des- yeah. Well, this is translated uh, From heavily. Um, there are five different uh, enemy tanks, multiplayer with up to four people. Wow. Can't you see how they pull Very that cool. off? Work- now, <laughs> I like this line. Works on any Amiga, as long as you've got an 020 and a meg of chip RAM, and also it helps if you've got half a meg fast RAM. So it works on any Amiga, sorta. Now, <coughs> I read some uh, uh, some postings from the guys working on this, and apparently it may work on a lower-end Amiga. They didn't test it on it at that time anyway, so you know your mileage may vary. Uh, there's a boxed edition with a CD in it, uh, shipping in February. Now, here's the why, and then apparently they're going to have a digital distribution as well for people that want to play this on their compact flash or hard drives or whatever. Uh, the the uh, price of this thing was 33 bucks and tw- and 21 bucks shipping, a total of 50 $54 PLN, which I think is that's is that the Polish currency? That's got to be the Polish currency. I did I, I converted it to US dollars. 13.50. Wow. Ship. Now now again, please for the love of all it is holy. Don't take me and my world. This is just it's just wacky translation from a wacky site. We think we know where it's from. We think we know the currency. PLN. PLN, but I think it's Polish. Yeah. Uh, but hey, man, if you can get this for fourteen, fifteen bucks, buy the crap out of it. You know, I'd buy it right away. Uh, it looks good. I saw a video of it. Uh, it looks good. It looks pretty interesting. Haven't played it, uh, but maybe. Uh, now that we know that this stuff's out there, we'll start reviewing some of this stuff, and it'll be kind of a, a new reviews instead of just old reviews. We'll do some new. We'll do some of the new stuff. But this is a commercial. Uh, this is a commercial uh, thing, sort of like the you know re-release of uh, some of the Cinemaware stuff that we were talking about a few months ago. And hey, support this stuff. It's great to see it's still out there. And if, you know, if they put out a good product, you know, throw them a few bucks. Right. Right. Um, the last thing uh, on my list. Is uh you know every every week I look at our analytics I look at where people are listening to us from mm-hmm. and um you know most of the time it's a pretty good balance between the United States uh, the UK Poland is a huge you know we've got a, a pretty huge listener base in Poland but for whatever awesome. reason uh, last week we had just the Ukraine it blew up uh, there was one day where literally half of our traffic came from the Ukraine hmm. so uh, to all those Ukraine people out there listening. Uh, Ukrainians, uh, thank you. Um, we uh, we appreciate your uh, <laughs> you 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 getting hooked on us. We lo- hey, we love the Ukrainians, the Poles, the the people over in the UK, our, our friends in Norway, Australia, Germany. Uh, it's neat to ha- it's a I've said this before, but it's ludicrous in fact to think that people in all these countries are listening to two West Virginia boys in, in a dude's basement and record this show <laughs> talking about a computer that's 30-some years old. But here yeah. we are. It's working. Yeah. So uh, I just wanted to bring that up just because I thought it was really cool. That's great. I wish I could say thank you in in Russian or... Any other yeah, language other than English. I got nothing. <laughs> so um, that is... Uh, I guess that ends our, our kind of pre-show show. Um, is that what that was? Yeah. It's a pre-show show? So that. I'm not really sure where that puts it before the pre-show. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> um, but now it's time to start talking about this week's game. Stunt Car Racer. Yes. Okay. 
Now, Stunt Car Racer. This is uh, this game was also <coughs> released under the title Stunt Track Racer, which I never saw that or heard that name until I no, read that. Me yeah. neither. Um, it is, of course, a racing video game, uh, and it was developed by Jeff Crammond, uh, as we would say in the United States, G off. Yeah. Because nobody spells it that way that's here. A, that's an awesome. Now, do you know where uh, Jeff is? Is he, is he out of the UK? He's, yeah, he's British. Yeah. Is that is that a common spelling of Jeff? Or? It is. It is. You know, short for Jeffrey, I which like they it. also spell that way. We most commonly know the spelling of Jeffrey that way because that is the way that the Toys R Us <laughs> the uh, giraffe. giraffe it's only the, <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Um, and uh, it was published by MicroStyle <laughs> in 1989. Uh, in the United States, here was published by Microplay. Now, Aaron, you've got some info on MicroStyle, don't you? Yeah, I'd never heard of these of, of these uh, guys, and uh, it turns out that uh, they were set up Micropose and Micropose in uh, the uh, uh, in the late '80s picked up a bunch of UK properties and companies, and apparently they decided were, they were going to make up a, a publisher over there to to cater to an adult crowd. I don't mean triple X adult, I mean adult games that were action based because they they thought their that their label uh, was more of a strategy label. Microprose, which is known for more of strategy stuff or simulators. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they were they wanted something that would cater to more of an action crowd. Uh, they didn't publish a ton of stuff uh, uh, over there. They did uh, uh, International Soccer Challenge the game I've got to play this Oriental Games. Oh, we need everything, that. Everything yeah. about that sounds <laughs> sounds wrong. A game I've heard of but never played. Rick Dangerous Two, and Rick Dangerous Two and a Half. They did both those, and they did uh, uh, Simulcra, and they also did Xenophobe, which Ooh. is of course, yeah, of course we know that one. Yeah. Uh, so they didn't do a ton, but that you could see where they were at. They were doing they were doing those actiony sort of games, and this game uh, absolutely falls into the. Uh, into that realm, it's not definitely not a simulator, <laughs> right? Right, <laughs> by any degree. Um, so uh, Jeff Craven, we're going to talk more about him later on, but uh, you may know him from Sentinel, uh, from many racing games. You know, he's been involved with a lot of games. What's the What's the big one he's known for? It was like uh, the Formula uh, One Grand Prix. Right. Have you played that one before? No. You know, I don't know if it's because I'm American. And, uh, you know, just, you know, Formula One isn't that big over here. But I just, I never really played any of the classic racing titles, you know, until we started doing this podcast. I, we did Lotus, you know, stuff like that. Right, right. I had a cup of coffee with Formula One uh, back in the day. I mean, just try, it's, I'm not a car guy. Like, this This is a kind of car gamer outrun. Stuff like that, arcade racer yeah. type stuff. But it comes to, like, simulations of an actual race. I stink. I should never be behind the wheel of a Formula One car. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> but I mean, I, it, this is a much ballyhooed uh, title, mm-hmm. uh, and and probably his biggest title with Stunt Car Racer in the mix. Yeah, uh, amongst the, the, you know the two big ones. Yeah, um, the graphics were by John Cumming. Uh, he was behind also the graphics of. Uh, Ivan Iron Man Stewart Super Off Road, which it's a good, that's a really good Amiga title, and it's a great uh, port. and it's a great game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, I have a friend here locally that actually owns the arcade machine, and boy, that's a you know the, you get your three wheels up there, and pl- everybody plays it once, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. So yeah. that was a, that's a great one to port. But like I so said, that's it's as simple as that game is. It's 
perfect example of how simplicity can sometimes be fun. Just to get a bunch of people in a track. It's very similar to the old Atari racing games where you'd have four wheels and just roll around in mm-hmm. black and white. Super sprint you know? and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and then he also did the um, the graphics for Rainbow Islands, which I'm sure we're going to review. Rainbow Islands, a, another arcade classic. Uh, I'm not very good at, but <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great one. I've not played the Amiga port of that. Yeah, so, so we'll, we'll definitely check that out. Um, and, you know, this game, as far as, uh, you know, what it is, it this is the ultimate example of a title that exemplifies what goes on in the game. Uh, you've got a circuit. Uh, you've got, at the beginning of the game, you're greeted with this table, and you've got four divisions, and each division has three drivers in it. And you're there in the lower right-hand corner. I think uh, you got a helmet on. You look Looking less good. goofy yeah, than the rest you look of the, less the racers. Goofy. Right, exactly. Um, and uh, there's two tracks in each division. Um, and basically what you do is you race your way through each 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 table or each division and so until finally you complete all the tracks. In like round-robin fashion, basically. You, right. You'll race every character on every track in every division. Right. And you get a certain number of points. I think you get one <laughs> point for each lap you win, two points for each race you win. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and that's, that's the game. I mean, if you, if you want to talk about it from the bird's eye view, that's all that goes on in this. Yeah. The, uh, now, of course, if the game were just a simple race around a track, it wouldn't be, uh, we wouldn't be talking about it today probably because there's a million of those. But what made this one stand apart is the fact that this was a raised track. The first thing that strikes you when you start is, uh, as the track loads, you are presented with a, a three-dimensional overview of the track it's a raised track and you can actually one thing i like is you can spin that you overview spin around it, right. which, it, which is <laughs> it's awesome yeah and helpful mm-hmm. <laughs> because you really need to see every aspect of this track before you get on it and then once you get on the track you're you're literally your car is lowered onto the track by an unseen crane with these chains that are hooked to the track i always pictured car. it being a helicopter yeah lower it could track. be <laughs> a helicopter is, is much sexier than, yeah. than a crane <laughs> And then you've got one opponent on the track, like I said, like like Boat mentioned, the the guy you're you're racing, and uh, his car is rendered simply in, you know, squares and circles. That's a it's a it's a basic three D three dimensional model of a car. You know, it's 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 very plain, right. but everything about this game is very plain. But the reason why they did that is to give you a pretty good frame rate, you know, and to to be able to show you. You know the layout of the track in a three-dimensional space, which at the time was very hard to do and took a lot of processing power to do. Yeah, and and if you consider that, you know, when this game came out, uh, this sort of graphic uh, presentation really wasn't around much. Really, the only thing you could compare it to is maybe hard driving mm-hmm. uh, that was out around the same time, and uh, um, you know it came out in '89. And if you consider that this thing was it was only two discs and ran on the original chipset, I mean this thing's is plain James it's going to get. There's no math coprocessor at work. There's no 3D rendering via a third-party car. There's none of that crap. It's straight up coming right out of your Amiga, pumped out, and it runs well. It, it, is it the speediest thing? It's not super fast. It's not super smooth, but it's pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it gives you a good illusion of speed. Uh, the, uh, the, the best thing about it is when you, when you think stunt car racing, all right, what do you think? Big bank turns, jumps, crazy, you know, crazy uh, missing parts of the track that you leap over. This has all those plus crap you never thought of. The uh, uh, 
the tracks range from like a, like in the in the early tracks, you are simply presented with uh, maybe a large humpback or a, or a small jump, and then as you progress through the game, actually it steps up pretty quickly when you get to the second division. Uh, the uh, there's a there's a track called Stepping Stones, which is brutal. I had a heck of a time getting past it. And then there's uh, and then a, a bigger ramp, but you you can see the progression. So and then the third track the set of tracks, <clears throat> you've got much larger uh, jumps. You've got much more uh, humped tracks, you know. And by the end of it, you're presented with something they call the ski li- uh, ski jump, which is literally you just jump like off a chasm, <laughs> you know. And then you've also got a thing called the drawbridge, which is exactly what it sounds. It's an animated piece of track that goes up and down like a drawbridge. And if you hit it while it's up. You'll be blasted to the moon, effectively. <laughs> uh, the uh, the difficulties. Uh, this game can be mastered, not by me, but it can be mastered if you sit down and 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 precisely plan speeds when you hit certain ramps. I mean, you really have to know. Okay, can I hit this ramp at 150 miles an hour? Should I use my boost, which you have a limited amount of boost you can use to uh, to make your car go faster? Uh, you have to, I mean, it. in a weird way, there's a lot of strategy involved. And if you throw in an opponent who gets in your way, I mean, the one thing about the computer car is it's, it's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. It goes around the track. and, he, and It and doesn't make a lot of mistakes. It doesn't. And now you can, you can screw with him too, but he's not going to screw up. And in this game, if you screw up, it could be a quick night because once you are, once you drive off the track, you're, you're, the, the screen is presented with a, like a crossbar at the top, like a roll bar, like a like a doom buggy would have, and uh, uh, every time you make a mistake or hit a hit a ramp too hard or land too hard, a little crack will start making its way from left to right across the screen. That's okay. You you only have three laps. You can usually get by with that crack before it goes all the way across. Once it goes all the way across, you're wrecked. What really hoses you is when you run that car off that racetrack. Yeah. Then you got problems. A uh, a big hole will appear on the right hand side of that uh, of that roll cage, and every time you fall off the track, another hole appears, and those stay with you through your entire run up until the last division. I think they clear off with that on that last set. Uh, these things are uh, you know, the more of these you get, you can get to a certain point where you're screwed. And many a times, I've even had it to the point where my car was so damaged that when the crane lifted me back up on the track. And sat me down. It was too much for me. I would, I would be destroyed. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so uh, uh, simple concepts, though. Again, there's not a lot of gauges and stuff to watch. I mean, you just got the speedometer and you've got your boost, and you, you know that's which is great. That's what I like about it. It's not something you're going to have to be a, a car guy to play. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to worry about making scheduled pit <laughs> stops. You don't have to worry about the you know any more gauges other than the ones you just mentioned. Now, I never saw. Of course, you know the big thing, the big thing that people remember about this game is when you hit the boost you know flames come out yes, of your of your engine yeah of your engine um but i i didn't know is there a gauge on screen for your boost level yeah i think there is i mean I, it's funny because i it, the boost is a limited thing but it never i never got to any ne- point in the game where it, i it, it, i ran out yeah i never got because i was too scared to crank it up. well i would crank it up and of course i would just die immediately um <laughs> but uh i never saw that so maybe when we do the stream we'll look again but uh, when you when you do wreck or at the end of the race, 
uh, you're greeted with these really um, nice drawings of your bangled vehicle. You know, I never won a race, but I assume that you know you have the winner circle. You never the, won a race. No, I not never one won a single race. race. Not one single race. Well, we know who's going to win this week's challenge, don't we, folks? Um, I, I did. I did win. I guess we'll just skip right to it. I won one lap, and I played this game a pretty good amount. Uh, I only won one lap. To be fair, I've played this game for a long time. Uh, now it's been a while since I played it, and uh, uh, but uh, this I don't know. Part of it could be what you're using. I'm I use, using, you know, I'm using. I've got the, the old. I've got so. the Wicko, and man, for this game, it's a must mm. for me. I can't play with anything else. Uh, but uh, I can get I can get all the way through the first circuit pretty much undefeated. Wow. The first, the first, not the first circuit, the first division. Right, I know what you mean. The fourth division. Then when you move to the third division, I can I do okay, but I've never gotten out of the division, unfortunately. <laughs> but thank God you can play practice runs on the other tracks. You can at least get to play them. The the one that gets me is that man. Those stepping stones are tough uh, to to get past. I've played all. In fact, I'm that for me. That's the hardest track in the game. I think the other ones. A lot of it's just timing. And when I was really into the game back in the day, I, I was I could remember how fast I could go. Right. I can't remember that now. It's been so long. But I'm sure I could get back into, uh, you know, into it. But uh, the good thing about this game is, if you don't want to play through the circuit, you just sit down, play any track you want, and it works. And Still it works have out a good well. Time. Yeah. The uh. Uh, <clears throat> one of the uh, one of the things I always wondered was. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, the uh, if Jeff was inspired by uh, Atari's out hard driving or stunt driving, one of those games when he put this out. Uh, and lo and behold, I was fishing around the net, and some guys had a link to an article that was in uh, that was in uh, I think it was Retro Gaming, Retro Gamers, that retro was gamer, the British right. magazine, yeah. <clears throat> and it was an interview with with uh, with uh, Jeff. And and he actually, I'm going to just read a little excerpt here from it. He um, said, a lot of people that got, thought he got the idea after seeing hard driving in the arcades. The truth is that I can honestly say that hard driving had absolutely zero influence on Stunt Car Racer, which had taken me three years to create. So if you think right there, he started in 86, right? Um, I only became aware of hard driving a few months before the release of Stunt Car Racer. The game started out uh, as, as a land roving vehicle sim. That's really? what really got me. Uh, driving around on a randomly undulating landscape. Early de- in development, I put in physics for the suspension and was driving it around when I noticed that I had the most fun when I encountered a bit of ramp in the landscape and took off and landed. That started me thinking, so I flattened the landscape apart from an up ramp and down ramp in the middle of the big field. I immediately got the sensation, a great sensation when I jumped the ramp, so I added a few more. Uh, the next thing I realized that it was too difficult to find the ramps in a big field. So, long story short, he took this from a uh, uh, a Land Rover simulation and put that track together, and there you go. He, you know, he uh, uh, he also worked on the C sixty four version, which is actually pretty pretty darn good if you've ever played it. Uh, so, I thought that was neat. So, in actuality, uh, this I, according to him, predates uh, the. Uh, uh, you know, predates the release of hard driving, which is that's like I said, it's hard driving and stunt driving. Pretty much the only game in town that did it like that this. polygonal racing right. simulation. You know, from my perspective as a younger person, um, I the first encounter I had with games like this, well, Stun Runner, 
You know, sure, sure. You have that sort of thing. And then also on the Super Nintendo, I don't know if you ever played Stunt Race FX. Uh, yes. I, I, I've, I've seen it. I've probably played it. I don't remember. Yeah. It's, it's been a and while. Then, I mean, but this is, this is you know, five or six, seven <laughs> years later yeah, that, yeah. That, that this was. Something else that I... This I had heard about, and, and I'd always wondered. <clears throat> uh, they uh, A sequel to Stunt Car Racer was announced in 2003. It was called Stunt Car Racer Pro. Same fellow work on it, and uh, uh, it never came out. Uh, same article, Retro Game Magazine. Uh, they asked what had happened to Stunt Car Racer Pro, and this is straight from the man himself. Uh, uh, Stunt Car Racer Pro was designed fundamentally as a multiplayer game, and of course, we wouldn't have any restrictions with online play like we did with the F1 license in the Grand Prix series. It's a real shame it never happened. It was a self-financed project that simply hit a patch where the publishers just weren't signing on the dotted line. We got it We got it to a working demo stage. So that means there's a demo somewhere of this. But as it uh, was self-financed, we had a limited timeline before it became impractical to continue and the, uh, with the team. He says his business manager calls it the best game he never sold. Hmm. So that is that's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> when I yeah. read that, I was like, I was gutted because... Uh, this game could easily be uh, updated and uh, with the same play structure and would be ready to go. I mean, it never gets old. I've, like I said, I've played it for years, and it's, it was one of my go-to games on the Amiga. Uh, there's a uh, there's a Windows version, I guess, that was st- ported straight over to the to uh, which I've never tried because I've got the Amiga. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, in these days, <clears throat> most racing games incorporate some aspects of stunt car racer with ramps. I mean, think about. You know, San Francisco Rush, yeah, yeah, uh, games like that. Even you know the the Burnout series, especially Burnout Paradise. You're going on, you know, you're jumping off ramps and stuff like that. But there really has never been a game that you know the the conceit of the game is that you are a stunt car racer. Yeah, you know? yeah. And 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 one thing about uh, I, I play, I, you know, my brother's a big fan of the Rush series, and so am I. And I've actually got a couple of the uh, Rush titles for the uh, N64 that I that I picked up, and they're fun. It's sort of the same thing, but this is. The one thing about Stunt Car Racer, it's just beautiful, distilled perfection. Mm-hmm. There's no crap. There's no weird loading stuff. You just get right in it and go. Then you don't have to worry about anything else. Uh, that's what makes it fun. Now, <clears throat> um, one thing we haven't mentioned is uh, Stunt Car Racer had uh, like hot seat league play. You could play, I think it was like seven or eight people. But it also had uh, null modem support for two players uh, with two different computers. Uh, now, one thing I thought was interesting about this is Again, from the man himself, I read that, uh, and I didn't know this, the Atari ST version of this and the Amiga version could hook up. You could oh, hook your computers together. Really? So a beautiful, harmonious... That is uh, the first... I wonder how many examples of cross-platform play that there were. I mean, I can't think of any. I didn't even know that such a thing ever existed. Yeah. It, um, from from what I, the little research I did, um, he had experience with networking one of his previous games, and it came in handy. He said it was the... Um, Easiest pie. You set up one as the ma- one person as the master, and the other as a slave. Effectively, and hit the, the master will go through and pick the menus. And once you're in, you're in. Now, <clears throat> I recall my brother and I playing two players. I've played someone simultaneous two players before, and the pro- <laughs> problem with it is, uh, like if you stink and they're good, you're they're gone. <laughs> just, <laughs> just occasionally see them fly by, uh, uh, but. Uh, uh, Still, it's a, it's neat, and if you had two really good players, I bet that'd be a, a, a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Um, <clears throat> one last thing that I've got, there were a couple, uh, I'm making air quotes here, enhanced versions 
a stunt car racer released for the Amiga. And they're they're uh, made by hackers. Have you heard about these? No. Um, <clears throat> I actually have both of these, and I've never tried them because <laughs> I didn't know what they were, and still haven't tried them. So after this, uh, after we do this, I have to give it a shot. One is called uh, Stunt Car Racer TNT. Oh, never mind. I have seen that. You have uh, seen. Yeah, it. Uh-huh. I, I have not played it, but I did see it. Yeah, it's called uh, TNT. Stands for the New Tracks. Okay. Uh, it was made by someone called Amy Gurr, <laughs> apparently A M I G E R. Uh, where new tracks were uh, able to be played, and then maybe that's a meager. Like, yeah, I'm an meager. Well, he's got it spelled capital A M I capital G E R. Oh my gosh! Did, did, you like did, did you hit your foot with a hammer, Bo? <laughs> Good lord! Um, another. So anyway, so this was supposed to be something decent, uh, uh, something halfway decent. A, a new tracks always good. Uh, another uh, game was uh, called Stunt Car Racer Turbo. This is a, from a fellow called Galahad of Fairlight, which Fairlight, if you were in the scene back in the day, was a, a, a in fact, I, I guess, I don't know if they're still around, but they were around for a long time. There was a hacker group. Um, <clears throat> and this, what this did was it significantly speeded up the frame rate on AGA Amigas, which I which I don't have. The, I haven't tried this. I don't think I've got a copy, but I'm going to go look for it. And it's also got built-in PAL and, S, and NTSC screen switcher mode that'll smooth out the frame rate, uh, which wouldn't mind having that either. Yeah, that's, that would uh, be well. So, uh, it's and these were released, you know. I'm talking in the. I think the second one was released in the 2000s. Oh wow! And this is, you know, and when I say released, you get what I mean. Yeah, it was released. Yeah. So this this game's still getting love after all these years. Um, what did you think of this game? You know, except for the fact that I was terrible at it, you really got a sense of speed. And I know I said that about Lotus, but it's a different sense of speed in this game. Uh, because it's a 3D game and you see, you know, the scenery coming up to you in first-person mode. And this is one of the few games where it really makes sense. You know, a lot of games that really kind of operate at a, a higher frame rate that are really pushing a lot of pixels, they give you a smaller viewing window you right. know, to compensate for that. But in this game, because it's framed by your car's dashboard or Cunningly. whatever, yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't notice it. You really don't. You're right. And uh, so, you know, I enjoyed playing it. Um I I wish that there was a split screen, you know, mode that we could go head to head on, but um, we may have to hook up a couple meet amigas when we have our big uh, gathering at some yeah, point. Yeah, and uh, and throw down on this. Did you uh, happen to look at any of the reviews on this? Um, you know, actually, I forgot to do that. This I, I had a I had a quick glance. Uh, this game was pretty well received uh, back in the day. Uh, looking over a multitude of reviews, the couple that strike me, Amiga Computing. Uh, gave this a hundred percent, a a lofty score. Uh, the uh, the one for Amiga games, I think these are both British mags. Uh, gave it a five out of five. Uh, Amiga Power gave it eighty eight percent, and uh, it was but overall was pretty well received. <clears throat> uh, I had a look on eBay to see what they were going for. It's funny I never bothered to look at any of this stuff on eBay, so it's neat to kind of look it up now just to see if it's available. It sort of is, much like a lot of the stuff we've got. If you're in America, you're probably boned, frankly. Uh, I saw one recently that sold out of Canada uh, and one that sold out of America a few months back, but that's it. If you're in the U.K. or in Europe, you get a better chance. Uh, I saw these going for around 25 bucks U.S. Uh, I saw lots in the U.K. that were going for between 14 to 50 bucks uh, U.S. So they're out there to be had. You know, and hey, this you know this wouldn't be the worst thing to add to your collection. Cool. 
Well, um, we already talked about the scores. You lose. But yeah, I let's, lost. Let's reiterate. <laughs> Boat is no good. Um, and uh, and so I guess that's that's really all that that we've got on Stunt Car Racer. Um, great game, great. I loved it. I was so happy to come back to it. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it too. Before we go, I want to thank our sponsors, uh, Britton Dowdy, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, and Chad Halstead. Uh, thank you for supporting the Amigos podcast. Thanks, guys. Uh, if you'd like to sponsor the Amigos podcast, just check out our page over at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Aaron, I've already got a game for next week. All right, good, because I got nothing. What do you got? <laughs> uh, we are going to play that uh, classic strategy slash platformer slash uh-huh. head-to-head masterpiece, uh-huh. North and South. Is that based on the Civil War? It, you, you've never played North and South before? I mean, I, I think I've heard of it. Yeah, North and South is based on the Civil War. Okay. And it is a part strategy game, uh-huh. uh, part platforming game, uh, part there, it, mini game collection. It's rather like CinemaWare in some in some respects. Okay. Um, okay, and sure. So, uh, I've, I have to say, I've not played that, so this will be new ground for me. I'm looking forward to you it. You just want to kick my butt at something, don't you? <laughs> I knew there was, and I knew it. I knew it. So uh, look forward to that next week. Until then, we'll see you then. Adios. Adios.